You are listening to the Young Culture Podcast, where young adults from all backgrounds and experiences share their ideas and opinions. Hello, Young Culture. Thank you for listening in. It's Benita here, and I have Sunny with me today. Sunny, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I feel like now I've kind of gotten into the groove of this new lifestyle that we have. <laughs> your lifestyle, yeah, exactly. It's uh, no, you're you're you got it. It's uh, it's like the new normal now, right? I I think this is gonna be a new normal. I don't. I think it's like there's just so much time that's gone by, and I feel like after an extended period of time, it just becomes ingrained in you. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's you gotta. It's kind of like adapt and overcome. That's what it is. That's the mm-hmm. that's the way I look at it. Yeah, we. I was actually talking about it with my friends yesterday, and it's kind of like there's like two ends to the argument. Like, are people just gonna mm-hmm. go out and go crazy once they like these restrictions have been lifted, or are people just gonna continue on like this? So, not sure. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be people on both ends, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone looks at it differently. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Sunny, I know that you do coaching, life coaching. So, I just kind of wanted to know what made you get into this work, and like, what kind of areas you specialize in. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I I usually when I do workshops or, you know, webinars now because the world we live in, I can't really do mm-hmm. in-person workshops. But I usually get into it, but I, I won't get into the whole story. But it's just basically my whole childhood, childhood and how I was raised. I grew up, I grew up in a single parent household. I got bullied. I got picked on. I didn't do well in school. Like I, I basically had very low expectations growing up. Right. And when I when I finally got into university, I started to develop this confidence. And then after I graduated university, I, I got so used to learning because, you know, for, for me, I, when I was in university, I loved school because I got to learn every day. And I became so addicted to learning that when I graduated, I said, I don't want this to end. So then I started to read a lot of books. I started to do a lot of research. And then that's where I became very reflective of my life. Like, I was like, wow, I wasn't supposed to do all this. Like, get a let alone graduate high school, but get a degree, get a diploma in human resource management, business management. I wasn't supposed to do all that. And then I'm like, okay, if I was able to do this, I know there's others out there that can do it too. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I kind of started, if you see up on the wall, Sunny Success, it yeah. started as a blog because I wanted to like express myself. And then I've always liked being, like in university, there was, you had to do a lot of presentations. So I really found this passion for being presentations and it really, it opened up my personality. And then I said, okay, I got to put like a face behind Sunny Success. So I started doing YouTube videos and then I started doing workshops. And then I started to, you know, like it wasn't planned, but I just started to coach people, right? Like it was people like in my workshops, I would meet with them at Starbucks or have phone calls with them or things like that. And then I was like, you know, maybe I can do this in a more formal way or, you know, like, offer this to other people because before it was just like hey I attended your workshop or I I watched one of your YouTube videos can I talk to you about it more and then without even knowing I was actually coaching people right so that's kind of what it came down to so to kind of answer the last end of that question is I specialize in helping people unlock their potential people who didn't believe in themselves people who got bullied people who didn't have confidence in themselves and the other side where I'm probably going to talk about more today is emotions I anytime I got bullied or picked on for some reason when I was a kid I took pride in never crying 
but mm-hmm. what that did was it suppressed all my emotions and then when I got older I just started to explode on people like if someone upset me the smallest thing that would piss me off I would basically you know confront all the things that they had done to me from the years before and then it damaged my relationships and then I struggled to control my anger and my, my sadness and then I started to I said there's got to be a better way and then I started reading these books on emotions and now there's what I just discovered ways where you can use these emotions to con- not not that they control you but you can control them mm-hmm. right so anytime I get angry anytime I get sad disappointment I can really evaluate why is this happening and then expressing yourself too it's something that like in this society we're not taught to do if someone you know angers you you just say you know what screw that person I don't want to talk to them because we're just not used to are accustomed to expressing ourselves and sometimes that doesn't have to come in the form of hey you hurt me but there's other ways where if you don't express how someone has hurt you you're going to have built up resentment you're going to avoid that person and then over time you're just going to drift away and you're going to lose those relationships so especially during this time and just kind of my goal is to help people have more fulfilling relationships and be be more in tune with their emotions because sometimes we could get sad we could get angry and not just know why and it just like kind of controls us right so I used to have days where I'd get really sad and I'd just be in my bed for two days and I'd do nothing. But then I started to kind of dig into the sadness. Why am I sad? Okay, I'm sad because I work so hard, you know, in my work, at work, and then I never got acknowledged. So it's like evaluating what that emotion is can really help you get a better handle on them. Yeah, I totally agree. And I like all of the things that you said too. I feel like, um, when you kind of look at your life in your different life stages and how you were kind of taught how to deal with your emotions. And I agree with what you said too. A lot of it was kind of just looking at it for face value and kind of blocking it. And like, like it was just like surface value understanding like, Oh, don't let it get to you. And that's kind of it. But as you get older and you have more, um, more things that come your way, more challenges and you're kind of on your own, you, you realize in the way that you react to things that, okay, maybe that surface level learning wasn't good enough because why am I still getting upset? Why am I still reactive? Even though I just brushed it off per se. So yeah, no, I think it's really great that you're um, teaching this kind of stuff based on your own experience too. And I feel like, especially for um, young men as well, um, when they're taught to not be reactive and that it just like blows up in your face after it's really important to have um models in your community to be able to be like hey like this is who I was and this is what helped and this is what can help you too yeah no for sure and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do is just to because I kind of I, I I kind of want people to learn through my mistakes so they don't have to make the same mistakes and in, in a way it's kind of like I'm paying it forward like you know the research I've done the books I've read those people made mistakes and then I've learned from them now I'm taking my own experience wrapping it with the knowledge I've accumulated and then now I'm helping other people say, hey, listen, you don't have to make the same mistakes I did. Because in a way, looking back on it, I basically held onto all their resentment feelings for, mm-hmm. like, I'm 29 now. It took me until I was 26 to finally realize this. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Like, obviously, I'm not saying I, I knew that when I was one. But what I'm saying is, as my childhood, teen years, early 20s, I held onto all that resentment and pain because... First, I was too scared to confront people because I just, I don't know, just the way I was. And then when I finally gained some confidence, I did it in a destructive way. It was more so 
it was more so I got to fight back, right? My approach was I need to fight back. You hurt me. I want to hurt you. But that actually made it worse for me. So then I found this approach where, hey, listen, I'm going to lay everything out on the table. This is how I feel. This is how you affected me. And even now in my life, there's times where I do do that to people and they just, they just say, oh, whatever, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I know that, like, I get peace of mind knowing that I told the person how they made me feel. And if they want to continue a friendship or a relationship with me, I, I, I can't control that. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like a common theme for people when they're kind of doing that inner work and trying to navigate their life, it's like they're on one extreme and then they get all this information and then they go to the other extreme. And then it's just about kind of like yeah. fine tuning and finding that right balance for you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And um, something that stuck out for me when you were talking, and I think I I deal with it too, and I, I know a lot of people do as well, is, is that resentment piece. Um, I feel like Mm-hmm. you can learn how to um, not let it affect you in the external world and not kind of show it. But I feel like sometimes the resentment still boils down underneath. So how do you navigate that? The resentment boils down. Yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, the, the approach I give to my clients and the approach I use myself is sometimes when someone does something in the moment or a day later, you might not be affected by it, but you might be affected later. Uh, now, you always want to evaluate it. Like, I'm not saying you should confront every little thing that happens because your, your, your world would just be constant battle like every single day, right? There's already enough crazy things in the world. Mm-hmm. You don't want to add extra unnecessary stress, right? Like, it's kind of like what Tony Robbins said, like, you're going to have stress in your life, but why create extra? There's no point. You're going to get enough anyways. So what I look at it is, okay, so this person did this to me or said this to me. Is this something that's going to keep me up at night? Is this something when I'm at a red light, I'm going to be like <laughs> so focused on it that people are going to be honking at me? Because that's happened to me sometimes where I'm just at a red light and I'm just like, yeah, I'm that person. Why did they do that? And then people are honking at me because I'm just so, it's basically consuming me, right? So you got to really ask yourself um, if, if that resentment is going to hold you down like that and kind of consume you, you got to pay the pain. Like you got to pay that short you got to go through that short-term pain of confronting it. It might feel uncomfortable. It might feel awkward. The person might react negatively towards you, but you are living with your emotions. Like I like to say, either you address your emotions or they get suppressed. They're, they, you can't just get rid of them. Like you can't just throw them in the garbage. You got to either address them or suppress them. And yeah. sometimes if you don't address them, they all suppress themselves and they'll come out in other ways. So you really got to, like we're holding on to resentment is almost like a short-term thing, but it, it causes more, long-term pain so like there's been times where I've had tough conversations with people and I don't want to do it it's very difficult like I start shaking I get nervous but I know that if I have this conversation with the person that resentment will be gone and and sometimes resentment can weigh like 10,000 pounds and honestly when you really confront that resentment regardless of how the outcome goes with that person you'll feel the weight off your shoulder so the way I always look at it is is this something that you can just hold on to and if it won't affect your day-to-day life, it won't consume your mind, then maybe you don't need to confront it. But if it's something you constantly think about or it's like driving you in, you know, your this resentment also decreases your energy. There was times where I would wake up and I would just be so angry, so upset, so hurt because I was holding on to these emotions. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy to address them. Like there's no, like I tell everyone in my workshops and I tell my coach and my clients, there's no easy formula to do it, but there's a right way to do it. Mm-hmm. 
I totally agree. And I feel like, especially now at this time, more so than any other time when you're like, you're, you're kind of physically trapped uh, as well as even internally trapped too. And I feel like this is the time where a lot of these things are going to come to the surface, but it, it might be hard to address it head on because you are kind of confined to your own space. So um, what have you yeah. been noticing in this kind of time and how, how to be able to like work through these kinds of emotions? Yeah. So unfortunately with everything that's going on, people are having to, they're kind of being back in the corner, you know, you know, literally, uh, you're, literally, yeah, literally because, before you you know you have your job you can go out you can go hang out with friends you can go to the gym you can do countless things Mm -hmm. and then sometimes you don't it's not consciously that you decide not to confront these things it's that you're just so occupied with other things Mm -hmm. but now you have more time so you know there will be times when you know if the people you're at home with or anyone you're having conversations with there are going to be times where you'll you know you'll get into arguments you'll get into you know fights and you'll realize that okay this is because we're all going through this together right so we're all reacting to it differently so what I would just what I recommend what I've been telling my clients is just just to start small and address the elephant in the room and say hey listen this is a little uncomfortable for me but I'm going to tell you how I feel and that's what I what I do and it it kind of when you do that it kind of puts the person's guard down right it's like hey I need to talk to you about something they'll be like okay let's talk but then if it's like hey, I got to talk to you about something, but I'm a little uncomfortable. So just, you know, bear with me. Then their guard kind of gets down. And you don't have to say in those exact words, but if that message is there that, hey, I feel uncomfortable, but I want to talk about this. Let's talk about it. And again, it might also allow you to understand that maybe there's some weaknesses in your friendships and your relationships that you need to address. They were always there, but now you're just seeing them, right? So take this time to work on those because, when the world returns back to normal, it's going to be easy to get caught up in everything else. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's, it's interesting because there's literally like no distractions. I mean, aside from just like the COVID-19 stuff, but like your day-to-day distractions are gone and it's like, you're just yeah. kind of forced to like, like deal with your stuff essentially. Um, yeah. Like a lot of interesting things have been coming up for me too. And I, I feel like now when you have nothing but time and you kind of have to address it, I think it's a little bit easier to deal with things. And my hope for people and including myself, I hope I can take this like sense of time even into my like chaos when things go back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not so much just about you and other people. It it could be also looking into yourself, but so self-reflection, self-awareness, you know, evaluating where you are in your life, both uh, professionally, you know, financially, all the, all the areas, right? Spiritually, I'm not spiritual or whatever, but all those different areas. But what you, what I would say to people is, okay, you might have a, like, I know so many people, clients too, and just people in my life that have great jobs. They make so much money. They're so advanced in their careers, but inside they just don't feel like Mm -hmm. they're congruent with who they really are. Right. So this is maybe a time to evaluate. Like, I'm not saying quit your job, but maybe, have a better understanding of who you are as a person, like mm-hmm. what your values are, what your beliefs are. And is that in line with the life you live and the people you surround yourself with, right? This, this is a perfect time mm-hmm. to evaluate all that. 
I, I agree too. I think this is a really great time. Um, you know, I, you don't have to go and like write a book or something during this time when you're yeah. on your reflections. But I do think like if you could use your time in some way is just to kind of like yeah. align yourself a little bit more. And yeah, like you said, when you're distracted, you're just like, oh, I'll, I'll deal with it later. I don't have time for it right now. But I think it's a really great time to do that. And um, yeah, just like based on what you've learned and like what you've experienced and stuff, what are some good ways that we can kind of self-align and recalibrate during this time? Yeah, so what you want to do is, again, like, like, as I mentioned, like, look at your values, look at your beliefs, right? Like, uh, for example, you might, your value might be, like, I'll give you an example. So your value might be freedom. Freedom is higher than uh, financial security. And you might be at a job where you're making a lot of money, but you don't have the freedom to do what you do. Inside, you're going to feel conflicted or you're going to feel miserable. Like, And sometimes people don't consciously know that. I, I obviously know that because I've learned this. I've I've researched it. I've helped other people. So maybe look at why you have conflicts right now with what everything is going on. And I, I know I've thrown a lot there, like evaluate your values, your beliefs, look at yourself, but just break it down, right? Like you don't have to do it all in one day. Just maybe look at, okay, what are some of my strengths? What are some of my weaknesses? What are some areas I need to improve on? Or look at maybe the mistakes you made or the failures that you've gone through and learn from them. Like what, what could you have done better, right? This is a good time to evaluate those further. If there's some, because sometimes what happens is when people make mistakes or they go to failures, they just kind of brush it under the rug and it's like, you're wasting valuable learning knowledge, right? Like anytime I fail at something, like if I, you know, I've, I've got let go from a job, I, I, I've applied to TEDx, to speak at TEDx, I didn't get, I didn't get it. I've been in Toastmasters, I, I, you know, I've been eliminated. So, anything like that I, I always value it like what could I have done better and then maybe it's not so much the contest itself maybe it's a personality trait maybe I'm someone who doesn't prepare enough or maybe I don't take it seriously so really look into the aspects of yourself right like because obviously if you're uh, for example if I'm always a confident person I want to be a confident person in all areas but if I'm someone who you know who struggles to be accountable that's probably going to come off in everything I do. So mm -hmm. don't evaluate so much the exact failure, but evaluate what may have caused the failure, like the core, your core uh, characteristics. Yeah. And I, I think it's like important to note, like you said, it's not so much that uh, the surface level incident, but it's kind of like what it implies. And I feel like a lot of times with people too, we're just so in this like go, go, go mindset and kind of just like chasing the next thing. Mm -hmm where there's more value in kind of just scaling it back and just kind of understanding yeah. who we are as people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot with myself too, because like, I keep, like, I always used to be in that, like, okay, what am I supposed to do next? But then I was like, if I'm not even doing what I'm supposed to do efficiently, like now, why does the next mm -hmm. thing even matter anymore? Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to, you definitely want to evaluate what you kind of just went through but you also want to look at what's next because then it's kind of like you know why do people look forward to the weekend because it's like oh it's fun or why do you look forward to christmas or you know all these all these big events because it's like it, it it gives them something it gives them some value right like they feel alive and you know i used to experience that too like i was like what can i do to like yeah like working is great and stuff where i work i like the job but 
what can I do to make the weekdays more fulfilling? So then what I started to do was I joined Toastmasters. I, I was like, okay, during the weekdays, I'm going to shoot a video or I'm going to write a blog post. And then it gave me more fulfillment throughout the week. So I didn't so much have to be like, oh, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Like for today, I'm, I was looking forward to this. Like you always want to focus on what's next, right? But not in the sense where, I'm not saying it in the way of like, you have to do a lot of work or, you know, do hard work, but you should always look to what's next because then if you don't, you're going to be let down and you're going to feel unfulfilled. And an example I want to use is Tony Robbins was saying, the astronauts that landed on the moon and they came back to America, you know, they were like on cloud nine for a few weeks, few months. And then like months, several months later, they were like drug addicts. They were alcohol, alcoholics because they had had such a high, but then they didn't really focus on what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Because then, so you all got to be looking for what's next. And if you notice, like a lot of older people, they, they're alive because they have something to look forward to. They might be running a marathon or they might be working out or they might have some event that they got to do. So you all got to look at what's next, right? Like I, I always do that. Like when I do a workshop, I evaluate it. I'm like, okay, so what's, what, what am I going to do in my next workshop or what I'm going to do with my next project? I'm always, looking forward to what's next but at the same time evaluate because you don't want to keep making the same mistakes yeah so i like that like kind of finding that balance between enjoying what's now but also keeping that space for the future as well so how would a person kind of cultivate that balance in their life yeah so it's going to depend on what you you know like what your goal is so as i mentioned like for workshops what i tend to do is when i do the workshop you know, the night of or the day of, I'll kind of just enjoy that day. Like, yeah, I got another workshop done. Cause honestly, when I do it and just helping people, helping, helping transform their life, I just feel so, so fulfilled. It's like a rush that I, I could never think of. Like, I, I, I honestly love working out so much, but doing that, like workshops, webinars, that is probably the greatest thing I've ever felt. So what I tend to do is I kind of enjoy it, like the the celebration, so to speak. I enjoy enjoy it. I don't evaluate anything because I want to like, yeah, I did it. I did another workshop. I'm pumped up. And then the next few days, I'll try to evaluate what, uh, like I'll reach out to people because sometimes I, I might have a friend or two attend just to give me some feedback. And then I'll I'll call that friend and say, okay, hey, so I'm, you know, I want some feedback on the workshop because I'm at the stage now where I'm evaluating it. And then from there, I'll, if I'm doing the same workshop, I'll start applying that and I'll start working on the next one. But you, you definitely want to give yourself time to enjoy it, right? Cause you, you know, you work so hard. And I, I used to have a problem with that too, where I would finish something, I'm like, okay, boom, onto the next thing. But now what I try to do is I, you know, enjoy what you've done. You put in that hard work, right? Like it's the, the practice itself is so much longer than the actual event. Like I, my workshop's one hour, but the practice in it is like countless mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. So what I'd say is enjoy, enjoy what you did. You know, don't, don't uh, evaluate it. Give yourself a good day to enjoy it. Give yourself two days, whatever it may be. Start evaluating it then and then start focusing on the next thing, right? So it's in a way, do it in a slow pace, but not to the slow pace where you're like, oh man, my next workshop in three months. What am I going to do till then? So like kind of build a system where you enjoy it you start evaluating it and then you you focus on the next thing i totally agree i feel like as uh human beings in this day and age we don't um we don't enjoy ourselves as much and we don't um 
look at ourselves in such positive ways. We're just always trying to like work forward. So I think, yeah, I see, I think there's a lot of value in enjoying the moment and celebrating yourself because when you do foster that really positive sense of who you are, that's gonna, that's gonna create like a better effect on what you're doing in the future too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. Um, I, yeah, I'm to, I feel like there's like so many different things to talk about right now. Um, uh, yeah, scaling yeah, totally. back to the uh, values and belief system. I think that's so cool because it's, it's like your, it's the basics of who you are, but I feel like we forget about it a lot. Um, I think yeah. I, if there's something that I could share even with like my audience too is, is to kind of think about your values and your beliefs. I think those kind of affect every aspect of your life. It, it decides what kind of jobs you go into, the kind of people you choose in your life, your daily habits. They, they all essentially work around your beliefs and your values. And sometimes it's hard for people to figure out what it is. Like it's something so simple that we try to overcomplicate it at times. So I just was wondering if you could share with us, like for people who are at home and they are looking for something to do and they are interested, what could be some things that they can do to figure out what their beliefs are and their values? Yeah. So what you, one of the easiest things, like one of the most transparent examples I always use is let's say you were offered a job and no, and no offense to the people that do this kind of job, but let's say you're offered the job to do paper filing and you have like a, let's say for like, you have a marketing degree, right? And let's say you can be a marketing manager. It's kind of an extreme example, but I always like to use easy examples. So let's say a marketing manager job will get you 80,000 a year. You have a lot of control, not sorry, not control. You have freedom, you have um, autonomy, you have, you know, you have ability to influence a lot of people, right? Versus you can do paper filing and you'll make 110,000. Now, Obviously, the marketing marketing one sounds more appealing, right? Because, and that's that's where it comes down. It's, you know, we and we make these decisions, but we don't we don't consciously do it, right? Like, obviously, in the first example, if your value is to influence people, but then you take that job of paper filing for a hundred thousand, you're having a conflict with your value. You're making a lot of money, or, or being financially you know, financially stable might be a value, but in that situation, influence is a higher value than the money. Like for me personally, my, my highest uh, value is happiness, sense of accomplishment, growth, contribution, and money is like, I, I'm not, money is like maybe six or seven. Like, of course I like to make money, but I'm more about fulfillment. And what you want to really do is what, look at what makes you happy and what makes you what makes you happy? What makes you feel productive? What makes you feel that sense of accomplishment? Accomplishment, And maybe that could be where you're working at your job, where you're in control. You're working at your job and you're helping others while you're working at your job and you're making a difference to society. So really look at the areas that make you happy, make you feel fulfilled. And those are probably where your values are, right? Like, of course, making a lot of money or being financially stable, having that financial freedom, that could be a value, but there's always something higher. So look at what makes you happy the most. Totally. I totally agree with that. I think, yeah, my hope for people during this time is if they can do something that, that would be a good, that'd be a good thing to do. Um, Do you have any resources that people can use to kind of help them with directing how to like write these out or how to do like some good exercises? Yeah. So 
what you want to do is want to kind of determine your values. You obviously want to rank them too, right? So it's kind of like, okay, so between, between two jobs, you can choose uh, happiness or autonomy. And then if between the two, you're like, no, I want autonomy. So you gotta, you want to rank them, right? Like, and there'll be times where your, your values will have to conflict. That's just the way it is. Like if you're at a job where, um, like I'll give you an example. Like if you're at a job where they're focused on quantity and you're focused on giving quality, right? There's obviously going to be a value conflict there, but sometimes you have to conflict your values, right? For a greater good, maybe to make more money to, you know, uh, make, feed your, you know, feed yourself, survival, all that stuff. So there will be times where you have to do that. But as far as resource, I just, that's what it really comes down to. Like I've, if you want to look at where I've learned more about this, it's, it's called the uh, Tony Robbins book, Awaken the Giant Within. And it's very simple. It's like basically one chapter of where he talks about it. And that's something I've just been, I've been taking with me and I've shared it with all my clients. I share it with everyone around me and it, it really helps a lot. So that's the easiest way. Get that book. You can probably get it on Amazon. Um, and it kind of shows you how to break down your values. And there's a there's a way values too. So there's like for example, I uh, you have values that you despise. Like if if you're someone who, um, you know, betrayal is your number one worst against value. If someone betrays you, you're probably not going to talk to them for months or years because that's a value that you're still against, right? So there's not only good values but there's bad values. So it's like someone like me personally, I, I hate dishonesty. So if someone's dishonest to me, it drives me crazy because I hate it. Like I want people to be real with me. So it's that will really help you too because then you'll discover that why am I so angry? Why am I so hurt? Why am I so upset? It may be because someone violated one of your other, your uh, away values. So yeah, definitely check out that book. That book will help you. And then once you start looking into it, you'll like you might already subconsciously have these values, but you're not aware of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. It's just the subconscious um, coming to the surface, which I think is really important. Yeah, thanks for sharing that stuff about beliefs and values. I think it's really important. And um, I feel like once you once you consciously have an understanding about what your values and your beliefs are, then the things around you really start to make more sense. And I think you can navigate your life a bit easier. Um, yeah, so to navigate a little bit away from that kind of stuff. I want to know a little bit more about you and the culture of Sunny. So are there any um, favorite books that you have, any podcasts that you enjoy listening to? Yeah, so I I read a lot of books. So if you look at my Instagram, like I'm constantly <laughs> reading, like I probably read like, uh, I don't know, 75 books. And they're not all physical books. I, I do audio books. I do, um, you know, physical books as well. Like I, I still love reading physical books there's just something about it mm-hmm. um but uh, a lot of the books i've read and if i was to recommend a few the first one would be think and grow rich by napoleon hale that's that's the first book i ever read and it, it honestly changed my life like that's the book that helped transform me think and grow rich uh awaken the giant within tony robbins unlimited power tony robbins um how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie amazing book it like really helps you understand people better um what's the other good ones i have so many uh seven mm-hmm. habits of highly effective people and another one that probably really helped me get better with emotions and being able to help people transform their relationships with a book called difficult conversation so it's like it really it really helped me look at things differently and, and there's one example i really want to share i actually 
two from the book that are really relevant to relationships and emotions. So if uh, I can share right now, if you oh, want. Yeah, yeah, totally share them. Okay, so the, the, the two key things I took away from that book that really just opened my mind, I was like, whoa, was uh, intent versus impact. So in the context of, let's say, for example, you're doing like a performance, right? And I'm your, I'm your really good friend. And you say, hey, Sonny, can you come in? I'm going to do a dance performance on Thursday. Can you come out? And this, we're talking Monday. And I say, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. Okay, Thursday rolls around and I'm just not feeling well. I'm, you know, I'm very upset. I'm very hurt. You know, I, you know, I'm having difficulty personally. And then I message you, hey, sorry, can't make it. And then this is like two hours before your performance. Now, my intent was not to betray you. My intent was not to hurt you. But the impact it had on you was clearly that you're like, what the hell? I thought Sonny was my friend. He clearly doesn't care about me. Now, you painted a picture in your head of the way I am. You're like, oh, Sonny is such a mean person. He always lets me down. But that was never my intent. But you see the difference? Like, mm -hmm. if I had really told you how I was feeling, then you would have assumed it, right? So you might not. Now you're thinking like, oh, Sonny's such an evil person. He's mean. I can never rely on him. Clearly, the action I had on you, the impact was you felt hurt, you felt upset, but that was never my intent. So anytime when we're going through situations and we're evaluating people, there sometimes or most times is a difference between the intent of what someone's doing and the impact it has on you. So always use that as an example. And it, it will lead to less disappointment. It will lead to less labeling or less judging. Mm -hmm. I have seen people do that, that same example. And that one person didn't talk to that person for five months now the, the person that didn't show up he got more upset because he's like well I was down and out and you didn't talk to me for five months and it took them it almost took a year for them to you know get the friendship back together when really if they had that simple conversation of looking at the intent versus impact it would have never happened so it's just like those little things destroy friendships they destroy relationships right and it it just makes it more or worse. So that's something that I really learned from that book. And the other one was don't focus so much on blame, focus on contribution. So right. usually when we get in an argument with people, we're like, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault you did this. You have to pay. You did this. Think of it from contribution. What did you, what did you do or didn't do? And I'll give you an example of me being bullied, me being picked on. My contribution was that I, I didn't stand up for myself. I condoned it. Now, my contribution versus theirs, theirs was probably like 90%, mine was 10, but I still had something to do with the situation. Maybe I could have stood up for myself. I could have said something. So when we're trying to fix stuff with a friend or a partner, don't focus on the blame because no one really wins. Like, who wants to say, you know what, you're right. It's all my fault. Inside, they're going to feel... You know, like you got to stay safe. You don't want to ruin it for them. So focus on the contribution. Focus on what you did or didn't do in that situation. And just sometimes it's hard because like, nope, that guy clearly or that person clearly, it's their fault. They should apologize. And it might be more their fault, so to speak, but you had something to do in it too. Maybe you should have spoke up. Maybe you should have been more open with them. And maybe you should have been willing to help them out when needed, right? So there's always things that you can look at like, okay, what? even though I think it's their fault, what could I have done differently in this situation? Yeah, those are two really good points. And I think, yeah, like you said, those are the two um, 
the two variables where things get really lost in translation. So I think if you can clear those up in your interactions, it would make it a lot easier. And something I've realized that too with my own interactions and something that I've started doing now is if there, if I can see a misunderstanding or a conflict starting to happen, I always say my intention was never to blah. This is exactly. what I meant. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Super important. Yeah. Those are really two good important tips. I love that. Um, are there any podcasts that you listen to? Um, I do a lot of audiobooks. So for podcasts, I usually listen to Tony Robbins podcast. Uh, Dr. Phil has a podcast. I really like Dr. Phil too. I don't know why some people don't like him, but uh, Dr. Phil's podcast, um, Tony Robbins, Rob Dial, who I started listening to too. So those are some of the other ones. Um, but I mainly just do audiobooks, um, podcasts here and there. And then sometimes when I just want to, because I'm all about balance, so when I just want to give my mind you know, or rest from learning. I just listen to music, or, you know, like uh, old school rap music, rock music, that kind of stuff. So I listen to that. Um, yeah, I don't really listen to too many podcasts. Like I listen to more sports podcasts. Nice. During my so-called free time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I love that. Well, yeah, thank you for joining us today and talking more about this and really important things that we can do during um, our time off. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you um, teach in your workshops? Yeah, for sure. So uh, my website is Sunny Success, if you can see it in the back there, sunnysuccess.com. Uh, my YouTube channel is the same name. My fa Facebook is the same name, but my Instagram is sunny underscore success one. So sunny underscore success one. So that's the only one that I couldn't get the name, but mm -hmm. yeah, just uh, check out those uh, outlets. I post on Instagram daily. You've probably seen like I, I, I make a habit of posting one to two times a day. Like that's like, like that's my rule. Like there's no exceptions. So I do that. Um, yeah. And if you want to reach out to me for coaching or anything like that, uh, you can reach out to the platforms. You can, my email is also on my website. So you can email me, you can contact me on Instagram, whatever is easier for you. And, you know, we can kind of go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening in. If you get a chance, check out my Instagram at Young Culture Podcast, and we will talk to you soon.